In 2006 in India, there were 2.2 new cases of tuberculosis and over 400,000 deaths. This epidemic is getting worse, not better. But are we beginning to see a possible answer? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Shelley Batra, a practicing gynecologist and author of best-selling book, Intimate Self and 20 Minutes to Total Fitness. She's also president of Operation Asha. Thank you, Dr. Batra, for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Pickard. Could you tell me a little bit about Operation Asha? Operation Asha is a registered nonprofit for tuberculosis treatment, treatment of TB patients in urban slums. Our aim is to bring medicines to the doorstep of slum dwellers. The problem with tuberculosis is that the treatment is prolonged for maybe more than six months, and the medicines have to be taken under direct supervision in an established and approved center almost three times a week by the patient. Now, these centers are few and far between, opening at inconvenient times, and it's not possible for a patient to spend half a day and a substantial amount of his day's wages in going to the public hospital to get the medicines. So what I am doing, what Operation Asha is doing is this. We are establishing TB treatment centers at a walk of maybe 20 minutes from a person's house. So in practically in every road, there is a TB treatment center. And this is how we are serving the community. Our centers are open early morning and late night. So no patient needs to miss his job. The medicines can be taken while going to work or coming back late at night. And a person who's earning less than a dollar a day needn't spend half of it on bus fare instead of food for the family. How many clinics do you have now? Right now, we have 35 centers operating, and we have 22 registered with the Delhi government, which will become operational very soon. But the need is so much, the demand is so overwhelming. There are so many patients, we need to expand much more rapidly. We talked six months ago. Could you give me an idea what's been happening in the last six months as far as Operation Asha is concerned? In the last six months, our work has gone up three times. And in the past one year, we have scaled operations 30 times. But, Dr. Pickard, as I said before, our work seems to be just a drop in the ocean, seeing the overwhelming number of patients we have and the millions of new cases every year. We have to have many more treatment centers. Tuberculosis is the proverbial hundred-headed hydra of Greek mythology, where you chop off one head and many more grow up at the same time. So this is what TB is all about. One patient infects 12 others, and they infect 12 more, and infect 12 patients more. And the disease spreads by geometric progression. So unless we attack it from all directions and treat many patients at the same time, we'll be back where we started. What brings you back to the United States? Well, Dr. Pickard, I come to the U.S. because I believe that Americans believe in kindness and they have the spirit of giving and caring for the underprivileged and for the disadvantaged. This is why I come to the U.S. In all my experiences, I have found that Americans are genuinely concerned about global issues, not just about their own community and the country. Of course, they're concerned with that. At the same time, they believe that the world is one family and something happening in India is going to affect the whole world, something like tuberculosis, for example. A well-known author has written a book, The World is Flat, and I think your description fits in well with this image of how tuberculosis is a global problem. Could you describe what your patients are like, where they live, what are their circumstances? Our patients live in urban slums, and these slums are, they have to be seen to be believed. You park your car on the road, 
Then there is a rough track on which a bicycle can go. And then there is no track at all, no road at all. You have to walk for several miles. And then you reach areas that are full of garbage. They are small hutments made of cardboard boxes, corrugated paper, tied with twine, with maybe a sheet of polythene on top that collapse any minute. The stench is unbearable. There are no toilets, no running water. The children are defecating in the open and the food is being cooked there. There are mountains of garbage there. This is the rag pickers colony where people collect garbage and sort it out in front of their houses. The first time I went there, I told my colleague Sandeep, I said, let's get this place cleaned. And those people said, do not touch our garbage. This is our raw material. This is our capital. And whole families are doing this job of sorting out the rubbish. So what happens? When they have no clothes to wear, naturally they have no gloves. Every kind of skin infection. They get cuts because there are bits of glass in the garbage. They are inhaling dust and filth. Every kind of respiratory disease, from bronchitis to pneumonia to asthmatic attacks and tuberculosis. Another problem is the gastroenteritis because of the fecal-oral infection and the, the waterborne infection, food and waterborne infection. The place is teeming with flies. The flies settle on excreta, carry germs to the food that is cooked over there. These are our slums. Your patients have any opportunity to get out of the slum? It is very difficult because my patients are the lowest of the low, even in the hierarchy of slum dwellers. Rack pickers are not welcome anywhere because they live in dirt and disease surrounded by filth. And other slum dwellers look down upon them. Rack pickers usually have no way of escape. Very often, even the land they live on, the little six feet by six feet square of land, has been leased to them by a local contractor who makes them work for minimal wages. They are almost like bonded laborers, to use a politically incorrect term. They cannot escape because they have taken a small loan and the loan has to be paid at a huge interest, maybe 10%, 15%, 20% a month, and there is no escape. The only escape is marriage. That too for girls. And who do they marry? If they are lucky, they marry someone who's not a rag picker, maybe who's pulling a cart or who's doing some other menial job, but not a rag picker. That is a step up on the social ladder. We know that the caste system in India has been outlawed, and yet you're saying rag pickers are the lowest of the low. They're almost what used to be called the untouchables. They are the lowest caste in a world that no longer has a caste system. Yes, Dr. Picker, there should be no caste system. We were all born the same. We are all human beings, and we should love each other like human beings. Unfortunately, the system, the caste system, exists in the minds of people, though not in the government. Having described where you provide care, could you tell me about the counselors, the people who are on your staff who are working in this particular situation that you've described? What are they like? Our counselors come from the community themselves. They themselves are slum dwellers, and they are very happy to work for us because we provide them a good wage, maybe 25% more than other organizations, maybe 25% more than what they would get for their education and background in other organizations. Now, because they belong to the community, they are able to identify with the people and their problems. Because they are living in that area, they have a record of the patient's addresses and they know exactly where each patient lives. Now, one counselor is in charge of three DOTS centers. So at night, he goes and finds out if any patient has missed a dose. And if that is so, it's his job to go 
meet the patient, persuade him to get back into the system. And he has to explain all the risks of drug default. Our counsellors are very good at it. They themselves have been trained by us and by the public hospitals. And they make it clear to the patients, if you do not take your medicine, you will die. Before dying, you will infect your family, your wife, your children, your mother. By the same disease, which itself will be a drug-resistant form of tuberculosis, almost impossible to treat. So not only do you lose your life, you're harming and your own family, those who are close to you. And invariably, they come back into the system. You know, in our country, we've used quarantine and even incarceration when people do not follow the rules of the game as far as getting them to take their medication and return to good health. You don't really have that particular weapon, shall we say. You don't have this particular tool at your disposal. You really have to use persuasion. Yes, we have absolutely no facilities for quarantine or isolation, For patients, for one thing, the numbers are so large, it is not cost-effective at all. For another thing, persuasion seems to work very well because everyone is scared of dying and families' ties are so strong that they wouldn't like, a patient wouldn't like to harm his near and dear ones. Another thing we do is to give them small incentives. One very big incentive is over-the-counter drugs, OTC drugs. Now, these patients who are earning less than a dollar a day do not have the money to go to a qualified physician if they have fever or cough or something. So what we are doing on, in every dot center, we are providing basic OTC preparations free of cost. This acts as an incentive both for the patient and for the volunteer who's giving the medication because he gets a lot of respect from the community. So our patients get free medicines and not only that. Another thing we do is whenever we have kind-hearted people who are willing to give a donation of food, We distribute food items such as a piece of fruit, yogurt or a peanut candy, something like that that is high calorie and nutritious and packed with vitamins for the patient. And we have other incentives as well. Every patient who completes his regimen, we try to give something that is a good present. Uh, For example, last month we distributed, before the winter set in, we distributed blankets to all our patients who had completed their TB treatment. And now we are tying up with another nonprofit who will give us $15 worth of groceries a month. What are some of the other incentives that you might be able to use to get people to keep coming back? We are tying up with another nonprofit, TB Association of Delhi, to provide groceries to our patients. And they will be giving $15 worth of groceries, rice and sugar and cooking oil and so on, every month to the patient for the entire six-month treatment provided the patient stays with the regime and doesn't miss a dose. So this is going to be a very good benefit for these people. Dr. Batra, you've been a practicing gynecologist. You've written two best-selling books, I believe, with Penguin Publishers. You've appeared on the BBC. What has made you take this career choice to become involved in tuberculosis in your country? Well, Dr. Pickard, there's a time in one's life when one thinks of doing something for the community. And I feel doctors, and more so specialists, tend to live in ivory towers. We get a lot of respect from the people and we tend to isolate ourselves from the community. But we should all make an effort to do so. And there are so many people who have inspired me in this world. If I start counting the names, there is no end to the list. But almost every person I have met has taught me a little. As Helen Keller has said, every struggle is a victory. And I feel Operation Asha is another victory because each day is a struggle, a struggle and a fight against tuberculosis, and taboos, and social restrictions, 
and so many customs that need, that are outdated now. I want to thank Dr. Shelley Batra for joining us, and we've been discussing Operation Asha, an attempt to bring the epidemic of tuberculosis in India under control. And I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For questions and comments, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.